Before we begin this morning, let, let's bow for a word of prayer. Dear, dear Father, I, I pray that you will again speak to us uh, this morning. Uh, we're, we're talking today about dangerous prayers. And so God, I pray that you will speak to us through your word. God, I pray for understanding to what your word teaches, what your son teaches. But God, even more than that, I, I pray that you will help us to be the praying people that you plan for us to be. And God, that our prayers, instead of being safe, would be dangerous prayers, life-changing, dangerous prayers. Speak to us today. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. During the weeks that we were not meeting in person, uh, we watched the service from the Second Church of Christ in, in Danville. Christy and I didn't get a real sense of worship out of a service that we taped here on our church on Saturday morning to watch it again on Sunday. And so we, we went to Second Church online. And one of the studies that they did during that time really challenged me and my prayer life. It was a study based on a book by Craig Groeschel entitled Dangerous Prayers Because Following Jesus Was Never Meant to Be Safe. And both the book and the messages from Second caused me to evaluate my prayer life and how effective my prayers were. I, I thought about the prayers I write out after my, my daily Bible reading, and the prayers that Christy and I pray every night for our church family and friends. I, I don't think that dangerous would be the word that I'd use to describe any of these prayers. Oh, I, I think they're good prayers. I mean, they're safe prayers, they're, they're heartfelt prayers, but they're not dangerous and probably not very life-changing I wonder what word would you use to describe your prayers? I mean, would it be dangerous? I mean, let's face it. I mean, prayer is something that we all struggle with. I mean, just taking time to pray is something that I've had problems with through the years. I mean, you would think that a preacher, of all people, for them prayer should come just naturally. But it doesn't. I, I've spent a lifetime learning the necessity of prayer to living as a disciple of Jesus, and i got to admit, I'm still learning that. And to one degree or another, that's where all of us are at, learning and growing in our Christian life and learning and growing in our prayer life. And if there's one desire I have for my prayers, I want them to be effective. I, I want them to make a difference. I, I believe that we all do. James 5.16 makes this promise. It says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. I, I like the way the New Living Translation puts that same verse. It says the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Isn't that what we all want for our prayers? Great power and wonderful results. But I have to admit, I don't see much great power or wonderful results in my praying. And what about you? I mean, it's, it's not that we've not all seen some wonderful things happen because of our prayers. I just long for you 
and for me to see more effective praying, to see greater power displayed, to see more wonderful results. Why isn't that happening? And what can we do about it? This is the very question that Jesus' disciples asked him one day, one day when they were wondering why God wasn't working in their lives. Let me share the story with you. It's found in the ninth chapter of Mark. There's a man who has a son who is demon-possessed. And he first goes to Jesus' disciples and asks them to drive out the evil spirit from his son. But the disciples couldn't cast out the demon. And so the father takes it one step up and goes to Jesus and tells him that the evil spirit has robbed his son of speech. Plus, at times, it seizes him. He tells him, throws him on the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid like someone with epilepsy. And then the man tells Jesus that he had asked his disciples to drive out that spirit, but they couldn't. And I want you to hear how Jesus responds in Mark 9, verse number 19. Oh, unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. And so they bring the boy to Jesus, and when the evil spirit sees Jesus, it immediately throws the boy into a convulsion. He falls on the ground, begins to roll around, foaming at the mouth. And then we pick up the story beginning in Mark 9, verse number 21. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It is often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for him who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the evil spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, and came out. And then skipping down to verses 28 and 29. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? And he replied, this kind can only come out by prayer. Matthew gives us just a little more insight into what Jesus said to his disciples. Matthew 17, 20. He replied, because... You have so little faith. I tell you the truth. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. I mean, did you catch the disciples asked the same question that we're asking about prayer? Why couldn't we drive out the Spirit? Why isn't our praying more effective And more powerful. Jesus answers these questions for his disciples, I think, in this story. And so he answers this 
those questions for us too. But but before we look at Jesus' answers, I I want you to understand something, and this is just important. The, The problem with ineffective praying is not our lack of spiritual power. The the reason that the disciples were not able to drive out the spirit, the evil spirit from the boy, was not because they lacked the spiritual power to do it. As a matter of fact, Jesus had given them the power to drive out evil spirits. Look look back, uh, Mark 6, verse number 7. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village. Calling the twelve to him, he sent them out two by two and gave them authority over evil spirits. And in verses 12 and 13 of that same chapter, it tells us that these disciples used that power that Jesus had given them. It says they went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. And so Jesus' disciples had the power to cast out the evil spirit from the demon-possessed boy in Mark 9. That wasn't the problem with their ineffectiveness. The disciples had Jesus' power available to them. And neither is the problem with our ineffectiveness, our lack of power. Because, again, we have the same God-given power available to us. Now, I'm not suggesting this morning that we all have the power to cast out demons like the disciples, but every Christian has divine, life-changing power in them through the Holy Spirit. Let let me share with some verses that talk about the life-changing power that lives in us. Jesus told his disciples in Acts 1.8, this is right before he ascended into heaven, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The power of the Holy Spirit came upon the apostles on the day of Pentecost. And the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon us when we become Christians. The the apostle Paul prays for the believers in, in Ephesus. In Ephesians 3, 16 and 7, he prays for power. I I pray that out of his glorious riches, he, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. It was Paul's prayer that the Ephesians would would be strengthened with the power of the Holy Spirit in their inner being. And he is in our inner being as well. Paul ends his prayer for the Ephesians, Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. And this was our call to worship this morning. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. God can do, this scripture says, immeasurably more than we ask or imagine in prayer according to his power at work in us. And look at one more verse. Paul writes to young Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.7, For Jesus did not give us a spirit of timidity, 
but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. People, God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. He has given us a spirit of power, divine, life-changing power through the Holy Spirit that lives within us. And so the problem with ineffective praying is not our lack of spiritual power. We have the power of the Holy Spirit living in us and working through us. Instead, our problem... The problem that we have with ineffective praying is our lack of faith. Notice again how Jesus responded in Mark 9, 19 when he heard that his disciples couldn't cast the evil spirit from the boy. He said, O unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. It was obvious that Jesus was frustrated with his disciples. But by this time, the disciples had been with him for a couple of years. They had seen him do miraculous things almost on a daily basis, and they had even experienced the same miraculous power working in their lives. It seemed that Jesus was frustrated with them because he expected them by this time to have a real faith in him and a real faith in what he could accomplish in their lives. I wonder if Jesus, if Jesus doesn't get just as frustrated with us, especially those of us who have been Christians for a long time. Over the years, we've gotten to know him. We've gotten to know all about his miraculous power. We have seen him work, and we have maybe even experienced his working in our lives. And yet we can be just like the disciples, and we can lack a real faith, a real faith in God, a real faith in what he can accomplish in and through our lives. Remember how the father responded when Jesus told him that everything is possible to him who believes? Mark 9, 24, immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. The father believed enough to bring his troubled son to Jesus for healing. But the father also knew that he had some doubts, and so he he tearfully pleads with him, Help me overcome my unbelief. And that needs to be our plea this morning. Jesus, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Help me overcome my doubts and my questions. Help me have a real faith in what you can accomplish in my lives. That was the disciples' plea in today's story. Look again at verses, Mark 9, verses 28 and 29. After Jesus' disciples had gone indoors, the disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out and explain this kind can come out only by prayer? The, The disciples recognized that something was wrong. Jesus had given them authority over evil spirits, and they had experienced God's power working through them to cast out demons. That that happened before. But this time it did not work. And so they asked Jesus, why couldn't we drive it out? Did you catch that? Why couldn't we drive it out? 
The disciples were mistakenly thinking that they were the ones driving out these evil spirits, but they really didn't have the power to drive out the evil spirits. Oh, only God has that power. And the only way that they could drive out these evil spirits is with God working in their lives. That's the reason Jesus tells them this kind can come out only by prayer. In other words, he's telling them God's not going to work through you in a great way unless you totally depend upon him and his power in prayer. Now, what was true for these disciples is just as true for us. God's not going to work through us in a great way unless we totally depend upon him and his power in prayer. I mean, think about it for a moment. When we don't pray, and sometimes we don't take time to pray, I mean, we're saying to God, we we don't need you. We, We don't need your power. Man, we can handle this ourselves. We, we, can, we can take care of today. We, we don't need you. We, we can drive out the evil spirits. We, we don't need you. That, that simply is not true. We desperately need God to live life. And we desperately need him to live as disciples of Jesus. You heard the song earlier, Lord, I need you. I need thee, oh, I need thee, every hour I need thee. That's why Paul tells us in Philippians 4, verse number 6, and this is from the New Living Translation, he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. There is so much in our world today to be anxious about, isn't there? And yet Paul tells us, don't worry about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. Instead, pray about everything. God is the one with all wisdom and knowledge. He is the one who's in control. He is the one with power and authority. And that's why we desperately need him. I I like this quote from the devotional writer, Oswald Chambers. He once wrote, he, he said, We tend to use prayer as a last resort. But God wants us, but God wants it, to be our first line of defense. We, we pray when there's nothing else we can do. But God wants us to pray before we do anything at all. God, God wants us to depend upon him always, to depend upon his power, to depend upon his working, to depend upon his wisdom, to depend upon his will, and expressing all of that in our prayers. Look, look again at what Jesus told his disciples that day in Matthew 17, 20. And this is when they asked him why they couldn't drive out the demon. He replied, because you have so little faith. I, I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. In this verse, Jesus promises effective praying. He he promises prayer that can move mountains, prayer that can accomplish the impossible. And the key to that kind of dangerous praying is faith. Faith in God as small as a mustard seed. 
I mean, that's not, the, that, that's not the kind of faith that they had. I mean, all you need is just a little faith. I mean, a mustard seed is a tiny seed. And yet this little seed produces this massive tree, just as a little faith in God. A little faith in God in prayer produces great mountain-moving results. However, our faith must not be in what we can do. Our our faith must be in what he can do. Our faith must be in what he can do in our lives and in our world. See, God is the one who can move mountains. That's the reason Jesus said, nothing will be impossible to you. Because nothing is impossible with him. I mean, I think it's good news. We, we, We don't need to summon up more faith to be more effective. I mean, it isn't about us believing hard enough or trying hard enough. The only thing we need is real faith the size of a mustard seed. And in response to just that little faith that God can perform mighty things, that he is the one with the power, and we're not. And it should be our desire as our disciples of Jesus, to grow in our relationship with God, to get to know him and his will for our lives, to get to know his grace and his love, and to learn of his power and experience his power working in our lives. And when we do that, the more effective and the more dangerous our prayers will become. Listen to something that Craig Groeschel wrote in his book, Dangerous Prayers, He says, instead of long, loud, and fancy, the prayers that move God are simple, authentic, and heartfelt. But simple is not the same as safe. Safe, lukewarm prayers don't draw us closer to God or help us reveal the love, his love to the world. Prayers are inherently dangerous. That's why over the next five weeks, I'd like to challenge each of you to join me in praying five dangerous, life-changing prayers. Here they are. Lord, search me. Lord, break me. Lord, Lord, stretch me. Lord, make me bold. And Lord, send me. I really believe if each of us would pray these dangerous prayers with the faith of a mustard seed, God and his spirit would work in each of our lives and he would work in our church as never before. With real faith the size of a mustard seed, God and his spirit will work in a mighty way in us that he might work in a mighty way through us, which which is our goal. That, That brings us to our practical application this morning. What what are we going to do as a result of this morning's message? Number one, know that the power of the Holy Spirit lives in you as a disciple of Jesus, and he can work in a mighty way in and through your life. I I think sometimes we forget that the same spirit that that again healed uh, this, this boy in our story The the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same powerful spirit that lives in us and wants to work through us. We we, we don't want to forget that. 
Number two, recognize how much you need God and his Holy Spirit to work in your life. You, you cannot live the Christian life without them. We need God and his spirit to work in our lives. We can't do it without him. We can't live without him, and we certainly can't live the Christian life without him. And so begin to pray dangerous prayers that reflect your faith in God and your real dependence, your total dependence on his spirit to work in and through you. See, see folks, it's not about what we can do. The disciples made that, that, that mistake. They thought it was what they could accomplish. And people, it's not what, they, not what we can accomplish. It's what God can accomplish through us. And I pray that God will do something mighty in your life. And I pray that God will do something mighty in our church. Let's pray. God, I thank you so very much today uh, for the privilege that we have of being able to pray with you at any time, on any occasion. And God, I thank you so much for hearing our prayers and, and God, for working through our prayers in proportion to our faith. And so God, I, I just pray that you'll, again, just help us uh, to put our faith in you and your power and your working. God, help us to depend totally upon you, to surrender our lives to you, to your will, to your power, and to your working. God, I, I pray for each individual who's listening today that, again, God might do something great in them and that God might do something great through them. God, I pray that for myself as well. God, just work in us, work through us today. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. We, we thank you so very much for listening this morning. We, we also uh, thank you uh, for, for, again, uh, just staying faithful in, in your listening. Uh, we we want to make a difference for Christ uh, in, in this area. And so if there's some way that we can minister to you today, uh, just give us a call. Again, our church number, 217-379-4443, or you can contact us uh, online through our website, paxtonchurchofchrist.org. Uh, I, I hope that you'll join us in the weeks ahead as we talk about these powerful, dangerous prayers. Thank you for listening. May God protect you and, and watch over you uh, in the week ahead.